Hey there, I'm Natalie Abbott, and this is The Dwell Podcast. At Dwell, we help you memorize one Bible verse every month. On our weekly podcast, we talk about what our verse means, how it's challenging us, and about how the God of the universe wants to connect with us in our daily lives. All right, everybody. Well, welcome to Dwell. This is the second episode where we're going to be talking about Ephesians 2, 17, which is our verse for December. Uh, That goes like this. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. And so today I have a like new friend, but yet I feel like we're soul sisters. (laughs) Her name's Haley, Haley Nogler. And just... I'm so excited for you guys to get to meet her. Um, She has a a really amazing story. So say hello, Haley. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Yeah. So I know it's going to sound kind of wacky, but we had somebody else scheduled for our December episode and kind of at the last minute, Haley just was the right person. And I think this verse, actually, as we were talking about it, I'm like, this, this was the Lord. It was his good time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so in this episode, we're just going to talk a little bit about who you are and um, how you came to know Jesus and this verse and what does it mean to you? Um, this idea that in the verse, it talks about Jesus came and preached peace to people who were far away and peace to those who were near and, and sort of in that context and then in the greater context of, of our current understanding of it. It's just talking about people who are uh, far away being people who are sort of non-religious people at the time. Those were the people who were not the Israelites um, and the people who are near are the Israelites. Well, in our context, that just basically means people who are religious and people who are non-religious. But Jesus came and preached peace to people no matter how far away they feel from God and no matter how close and uh, religious they've been in their life that we all need the peace of Jesus Christ. Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about and talking about that sort of in the context of, of your life, Haley. So um, why don't you share a little bit about yourself and, and how do you feel like this verse kind of speaks to who you are as a person? Well, I love it. I love this verse in general because like you said, it, it felt like perfect timing. It felt like everything fell through with the original person for the month of December and God just kind of tossed it, tossed me into your lap and tossed you guys into my lap before that. Um, And I, this verse in this time is perfect because I didn't, I didn't grow up, you know, in this context here near to Jesus at all. Um, I grew up, I did grow up Roman Catholic, um, but just go in the sense of my family was, and I went to church with them, but I never had a relationship with Christ at at all. I, I don't even know that I knew what that meant until, Mm. until right before I had one, you know? And I think that's, that's (laughs) common, right? Right. Yeah. 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 That moment. So for me, I grew up, um, I grew up in a, in a tough home situation, but I had a lot of really great people around me and, and through some of the changing, um, changes in my life that happened, I was always a part of, or connected to a a family at whatever time that might've been different families throughout my life that were really just incredible people. And each kind of gave different pieces of their, their traditions and their, their 
lives to me and their beliefs and all, all that came along with it. Mm. But I never had a solid um, faith. I never had a solid, stable family whatsoever. I was just kind of connected to these, these bits of people as I went along, even my own biological family. And they were Roman Catholic. So when I was a kid, we, we would go to church a lot. And I remember that. And then we were, we were gone from them for a little while and came back as a teenager. And I actually mm. taught CCD, which is like Sunday school for at a, I don't think they call it that anymore, but at the church that I went to, it was CCD. Mm-hmm. And I still had, I was, like I said, in the context of this for so far away, mm. I had no, no clue what, what it meant outside of what I was reading to the little kids from the book. It was, that was pretty much all it was. Um, Hmm. And I probably would have told you that I was, I was, you know, if we talked about it then near, because I was doing all the things, Mm -hmm. but I really wasn't. Um, I had no clue. I just, I, I didn't know what I didn't know kind of thing. So Hmm. fast forward, um, I met my husband. We were, I was 16 when I met my husband and, and we kind of, grew up together and went through all these kind of life trials that I had from, from at home things that I was struggling Mm -hmm. with. And he was incredible, but he also really didn't grow up. He didn't grow up going to church at all. I think he went occasionally with, you know, like aunts or uncles, grandparents kind of thing. Like I think everyone kind of has that little bit of story that to their lives in some way, but he never went to church. He didn't grow up, um, you know, doing any of the Sunday school or anything that I had at least had a little bit of. So we just kind of started our family and didn't start it on a basis of faith. You know, mm-hmm. there was there wasn't, it was not something we identified with, thought about or anything. We just kind of were living so outside of that, so far away from even thinking about that. Um, and we, our first daughter, so I have four kids and our first daughter, which most people know kind of the story of, of my, my youngest daughter, Carly. And, but not a lot of people know before way back when our seven-year-old Emma, when she was born, um, there was some complications with my labor and delivery and the pregnancy leading up to it. And she was born not breathing. And, Mm. um, we don't know how long she had gone without fluid and oxygen in utero. And it was a big, it was shocking in that moment for that birth, it was probably uh, hands down one of the most traumatic moments of my life. Um, wow. She just, so when right they out. delivered, you didn't have any idea or you kind of knew like right towards the end, like, Oh gosh, we got to take this baby out. Towards the end. We knew her heart okay. rate was going crazy. Her oxygen, all the things that they monitor were going crazy. I was a mess. Right. Um, mm. They kept asking, when did your water break? When did your water break? It hadn't broken. It just had leaked out for months and months and we don't know how long. So when she was born though, and, and I mean, truly she was blue, like Mm -hmm. blue and she, she was covered in what they call meconium. And so she was blue and brown, but she was just not breathing whatsoever. They had to do the full chest compression, resuscitation, all, all the things. And we had no clue that that was going to happen. That was shocking. Um, Wow. I, I don't even fully. And this is your first baby too. So like having yeah. had no delivery experience prior to even think about like here you're having your first baby and you kind of have probably 
at least I know I did when I had my first baby, I had these like delusional thoughts about how beautiful it was going to be. Yes. (laughs) You know, and so you already probably don't have like a good frame of reference for what that, like the trauma of having a baby in general, but then to have that added. Wow. It was, it was crazy. Some of the things that I remember, there's very few pieces of it that I actually have firsthand memory of. I think it was so crazy in that moment that a lot of, Mm. a lot of the things that I know about those moments now are people who are in the delivery room kind of saying, well, this happened and that happened. And do you remember? And I'm like, no, I just remember sheer panic. And so Emma, Emma was born and she went to the NICU. It was a really hard, long road for a little there. And she truly is a miracle now. So just to, just to get ahead of everyone being sad about it. She is amazing. She's seven. She's brilliant. She's sweet. She's funny. We mm. didn't know if she was going to walk or talk or any of that. We, we were worried about cerebral palsy. She has some lesions of brain damage and we didn't know what was going to happen. And she does all of those things. You would never know looking at that child that anything had ever happened on That's amazing. that moment. Uh, it's, it's incredible. It's definitely just a miracle and, you know, just such a gift from God. But at the time, and that's kind of the point of, of even sharing this, this piece to it is at the time we had no clue. We had, when I say no hope, I didn't understand how little hope we had until we went through something medical and terrifying with our, our now youngest daughter, Carly. I didn't know the difference because Mm. until then, because I didn't, we didn't have any kind of faith in anything. Mm. We just, we were living and relying on and totally leaning on the circumstances of our situation instead of our faith. Mm. And it's the complete opposite through everything we've battled with, with Carly. Mm. Mm. And um, it, it's incredible. So when you told me about this verse and talked about that, that, that is what came rushing to my head right away is the idea that we being far away doesn't, doesn't mean, you know, when you say far away, I think people think that whole come as you are mentality. And that is so true. Whatever you're walking in, whatever you're battling in, Jesus doesn't care. He doesn't care. There is no there's nothing you've ever done in your life that he doesn't want you to still come back from. Mm. or come to him from if you've never come before. And that's so true. But sometimes it doesn't have to be this horrible thing that you've done. Sometimes being far away is just simply not being, having any hope in him and trusting in the circumstances instead of in, in him. And I think that was what hit me the most when Mm. we were talking about this verse and Mm. we didn't at the time. So Emma was born And that was seven years ago now. It's crazy to think time flies. And so Emma was born. She went through all that stuff. It was probably six months until we finally took a deep breath and said, wow, she's, she's going to be okay. She's, this Mm. is, this is a miracle. This is beautiful. She's going to be okay. And then, you know, within, I think right around that same time, we found out we were pregnant with our, our other daughter, Ellie. So Ellie was born and then Carly was born. So now we've got three girls. If you have been keeping track. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, my husband and I, it was, I found out I was pregnant with William 
and I, I want to say right around the same time that we got a little before, maybe a little after, I'm not sure the time that we got invited to go to church. Now, mind you, I've, I've had this background of some kind of, you know, going to church every Sunday sort of thing. And then I have an aunt who uh, is just an incredible, incredible woman of God. And she actually helped me through so much of mm. Emma and the struggles that came with that because things were tough with, with my, you know, just communication with my husband. And when you're stressed, everything becomes chaotic and difficult yeah. and frustrating. And so she helped me through so much of that. And she was just such an incredible piece in our, in our life. And she would always invite us to church. And I would always say like, maybe we should. And my husband would kind of be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You can take the kids. Like he just didn't grow up <laughs> at all going to church. Right. Like, so he's like that seems like a waste of a Sunday morning. Exactly. Jeez, why would like, you what about the do football that? Game? <laughs> yes. All those things. Uh, so, but I would occasionally say it once in a while and we did go to church with her for a little while and it felt great. And I probably would have told you back then too, like I said, Oh, I understand. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this thing. Right. And mm-hmm. I wasn't, of course, of course I wasn't. And so for some reason, this particular invite, we were with a group of women, they were just so incredible and lively in this, this old um, ca- career that I had. And they were just great. And she invited me. And I, I said to my husband, when I got home that night, I said, Oh, somebody invited us to go to church it's right down the road. Like I, I want to go this Sunday. And he said the same thing. He always said, you know, okay, take the kids, go ahead. Like I, I'm not really into that. And for whatever reason, that was the first time he had said that, that I said, okay, fine, I'll go. And mm. of course there was a little bit more argument and me trying to get him to go and yada right, yada right. and all that. Of course. Yeah. And he shut it right down. He was like, no, 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 no. And so I said, fine, I'll go. So I went mm. and the kids had a blast. I loved it. It was just incredible. We came home and I was determined not to talk to him about it. Cause I was like, you know, kind of mad. I was like, oh, well, you didn't want to go. So don't even you. ask me how it was <laughs> like, ridiculous. Silent right? treatment. Hey, that's <sighs> very godly of you to come home so- from church and be like, I'm not talking about it. <laughs> He's so <laughs> aggressive. Good thing. Good thing that was before yeah. I knew. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. seriously, now that you know, you never do things that are wrong, I'm sure. Of so. course not. Of okay. course. Gotcha. Every single I'm glad day we're I on do. the same page that we are both completely righteous. All right. No. Sorry. Interrupting yeah. your story. Go ahead. I love it. <laughs> no, it's fine. So he, but he was like, so side note, completely not right. Just, just in case anyone listening doesn't <laughs> yeah, realize a we're a mess. Joke. Yep. Mm-hmm. So this he... is why I like Haley so much because we were immediately like, are you a mess? Yes. And I'm also crazy. Oh, what kind of crazy? Perfect. I think we're the same kind. So anyway, sorry. Perfect. Total perfect. side note. Back to you came home from church. You weren't going to talk about it. You're like, okay, whatever. Yes. And he just kept you know, I, I think because the kids were so excited, we, I had only taken the older two, mm-hmm. mind you, I, the Carly was a baby still. And so I'd only taken the older two and they were just talking about it nonstop. So I think he was, it sparked his interest. Those kids, kids, I swear, kids do the best work for Christ. They absolutely do. Mm-hmm. And they, they just kind of, he was so interested. And so he said, okay, fine. I'll, I'll go next Sunday. And I'm like, whoa, I didn't even 
I wasn't even geared up to necessarily go next Sunday. Like it was nice, but okay. (laughs) So the next Sunday we're driving to church and he's like giving me this. Now my husband is really quiet every single bit, my opposite, but he is stubborn. And, Uh and when he is being stubborn, then he finds his voice and starts really talking. And he said, I am not going to be that person. We're not going to go every night of the week. We're not going to be a part of everything. We're not going to, it's not going to be our whole lives. Mm-hmm. Fast forward. Like, I think it maybe gave us some, uh, maybe a month, give us a month and all the things we were so <laughs> sold out uh-huh. for being a part of that church community and just loving on the people are amazing. They, mm. they just pulled us in and, and loved us in a way that you know, for me growing up in the situation I, I had grown up in, I had never experienced that. And Mm. it just was incredible. And I don't think my husband had, you know, he definitely hadn't either. And it was amazing. And they just Uh. were so, so present in our lives and so loving and just incredible. They really were just such a light to us. And, um, I will never forget the day. So our, our pastor, um, pastor Mike, he, he gives some of my favorite sermons. And when he talks about what Christ saved us from on that cross, it is like just one of those put down all the notes, just Mm. stop mouth open in awe of everything that's coming out of his mouth because he describes Mm. it in such a way that you really, you really understand it. And so he Mm. was describing, you know, just Christ and everything that he went through leading up to. So when I grew up in, in church, it was the stations of the cross is what it's called. Mm -hmm. So he was describing, you know, all of that lead up and just Christ being, being beaten and carrying the, carrying the cross, dragging that behind him. I think about, you know, I hear sometimes people say um, that people, people will wear the cross around their neck and, and it's the, the, the weapon that killed him sort of thing. And Mm. almost like it's a bad thing. I think about that moment where he's carrying that on his back. It's, that is about strength. That is a symbol of, of strength and just sheer love in his sacrifice. Mm. And so he's describing this, Pastor Mike is up on, up there and it's a Sunday morning and he's describing this and we'd been going for a little while and really getting connected. And I just started like bawling. I'm sitting Mm. in a pew, just tears. And it, in that moment is when I realized that I, I had arrived. I had come to understand, to know, to love and accept Christ in my heart. And, And that was the moment that I had thought, like I said, I knew what I, Mm. you know, didn't know. And at that moment, I became a Christian. I became a woman of God. I, I felt it. I knew it. I was going to live it. And Mm. it was just amazing in that moment for me. And it was the idea that I had seen the stations of the cross and heard this so many times my entire life. And and it wasn't necess- it wasn't that Pastor Mike was up there and some kind of magic was coming from him and he was bringing it to life in a way. It was just that in that moment, through him, God let me understand that mm-hmm. this was real. And I actually believed it. I had mm. seen it. I had watched it played out many different times, many different ways. But in that moment, 
that was that was true belief and mm-hmm. acceptance and and love and all the things, all the words. <laughs> so yeah, that's beautiful. But I was scared I think... to tell my husband oh. <laughs> because I thought he was going to think I was weird. Yeah, and apparently in the same exact sermon, no he way. felt the same way. Yes, and the whole day we wouldn't to each other about it we were so awkward this is a pattern you guys this is yeah a pattern. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've gotten better at communication like oh, maybe a little uh, so then he you know finally that night we were like oh wait you did me okay you don't think we're weird you're not going to be afraid I was scared he wasn't going to want to go back to church he was going to be like my wife's gone nuts yeah. and the rest is history and then we just love it. I love it and that was nine months nine months almost to the day before our daughter was diagnosed Carly was diagnosed with leukemia so this okay. episode, we kind of hear this part of the story. And next episode, everybody, you need to tune in and find out what's next with Haley and their life together. And what does that look like when nine months after becoming a believer, your daughter is diagnosed with cancer? So we're going to stop there and um, join us for our next episode. And we'll talk about it in the next episode. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Dwell Podcast. You can find out more about us at Dwell Differently on Instagram, Facebook, and at dwelldifferently.com online. We help people connect with God through scripture memory, daily posts, a weekly blog, and of course, this podcast.